Charlie, I'm scared. Well, what's the matter, Robo Voice? Are you running low on TP? No, Charlie, I do not have a butt. Noted. Well, what is it then? Uh, an existential fear of death or maybe the unknown? Partially, Charlie, I need... Reassurance. Got it. Listen, Robo Voice, everything's going to be okay. People are just overreacting right now. They're afraid. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. You're not going to die. I will if you do not replace my batteries, Charlie. I need new batteries. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, while I do that, why don't you all listen to this? Stop overthinking things. Texas. They say everything's bigger here, and they're right. We've got big cars, big hearts, and even bigger stakes. This is beef country, Texas. Home to the Alamo, the Cowboys, and the largest military installation known to man. So big, it has a big name. Fort Hood, the great place. It's got a Texas-sized podcast as well. And this is it, right here. Fort Hood's great big podcast. Yeehaw. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Fort Hood's Great Big Podcast. I'm Charlie Mabe, and in the interest of social distancing, I'd like everyone to please step six to ten feet away from your listening device. <laughs> if you are driving, that may necessitate you moving to the back seat. If you need to do that, please send us a picture. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. That's not safe. Don't drive from the back seat unless you got one of them fancy self-driving cars what i'm dave larson this? and we are joined by hi i'm pfc kyra pearl from 11th theater tactical signal brigade that somebody's knocking hello someone is on. knocking what is what hello <laughs> they didn't want to talk to you no, they left. i like pearl i liked how you like held your hand up when you said you know like i am <laughs> i am pfc kyra pearl had to get it right for once well you did have you gotten it wrong your yes. name wrong frequently yes i have gotten it wrong frequently Okay, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so, last week's episode. We, wait a minute, I don't want to say we killed it, but. No. Yeah, we did really well. Yeah, we disinfected the heck out of it. Lots of folks <laughs> tuning in. Yeah, we got, talk about reach. Yeah. That we can guarantee that this episode is going to absolutely land like a thud. <laughs> <laughs> By comparison. Yeah, By comparison, okay. yeah. Hey, if you're still with us after last week, that sounded bad. If. <laughs> If you have, if you heard us for the first time last week, 
and you decided to tune in again, that is so awesome. And I'd give you a hug if that was socially acceptable. Yeah, not right now. No. No. No, I am waving to you from afar and giving you the thumbs up. Imagine that in your mind's eye. (laughs) Yep. A lot has happened. A lot has happened. Since the last podcast. Hey, we are in a national emergency. I know. That's, I don't, that's exciting. It really is. It's, it's. Exciting isn't always like a positive thing, like woohoo. <laughs> but it, I mean, people are excited. Yeah. They're out there investing in toilet paper like nobody's business. Yeah, the stores are completely out of it. Isn't that ridiculous? And what's funny is everybody, at least that I talk to and on the internet, mm-hmm. agrees that it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, we're, we're doing it. Yep. <laughs> That's ridiculous in and of itself. The story that got me. Mm-hmm. From last, I think it was over the weekend, but it was last week, was that guy in Tennessee that bought 18,000 bottles of hand sanitizer and got stuck with them. No, yeah. Because Amazon wouldn't let him sell them. And oh, he wow. ended up having to donate to avoid prosecution. No, they they actually, the state came back and said, you know what? We're, we're going to look into you anyway. Good. We're going to look into it. Good. Because yeah, the, the guy basically, he's in Tennessee and he, he basically wiped out a bunch of stores in two states, buying up all the hand sanitizer. And then he was going to try to sell it? Oh, yeah. He was. Oh, uh, he was. 70 he was bucks. 70 bucks for one bottle of hand sanitizer. That's insane. 12 ounces. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. insane. But he said he had already made a considerable profit. Oh, yeah. Wow. He's, he started off selling it, I guess. They were a dollar a piece. Mm-hmm. He was selling them for eight, I believe. And by the time he was, you know, caught, sort of, you know, they booted him off Amazon. Mm-hmm. He had the price up to 70 bucks a bottle. That's crazy. Well, you know, now seems a good time to mention that while as a normal citizen doing something like that, taking something in a, in a time of emergency and then using that to it's make black, money. It's black marketing. Is, is immoral. Yes, and it you is. you should not do it. And in some cases, illegal. Yep. Definitely. Doing that, purchasing items from the exchange here on post, mm-hmm. where it is tax-free, and then turning around and selling it for any amount of money, well, that'll you'll lose your exchange privileges around the world forever, ever, right. ever, right. ever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe people are trying to do that. It's yep. ridiculous. And then stores like, um, I know for sure Walmart at least, they're having like limitations for what, how much of one thing you can buy. Let like, us refrain from using brand names. Oh, sorry. Yeah, call it like Walmart or Wall Store. <laughs> that big place with blue letters. Roger. Okay. No, go ahead. Sorry, I cut, I cut you off. No, that was it. That was it. What I forgot what you said already. What was it? <laughs> They're making a bunch of stores are having like limitations on how many of each item you can have. Like you can only have one thing of toilet paper or one like You uh, actually found some towel. toilet paper on a no, shelf? No, I haven't found anything. I heard uh the store man like the main manager talking to one of the other like customers about mm-hmm. it because the uh, the elderly woman was worried about getting things, and the manager was explaining that they're about to put in some policies so that whenever they do get new shipments of things, it's going to be like cut off for how much you can buy. Cut off, just like your uh, speaking was when you don't speak into, <laughs> into the, the microphone the mic. <laughs> close enough and loud enough. 
But man. You know, one of my favorite stories, this is sad. God bless it. This person's probably listening. They're a friend of mine. Um, but they did say that they weren't aware of the toilet paper thing right. happening. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, so they went to the, the store. Well, they've been, they've been busy. Mm-hmm. So they go to the store to buy toilet paper and wet wipes. And so I see one angry Facebook post. What happened to all the toilet paper? <laughs> right. Right. And then 30 minutes later is, well, I bought a bunch of brawny. I hope that works. <laughs> Don't brawny? flush it. Brawny. And again, like paper towels, paper towel, a paper towel, a oh. paper towel. They yeah. bought a paper towel. Wow. What well, doesn't matter on that? Cause people can't buy it in any way now. Yeah, no, both yeah. of them are gone. We're not advertising nothing. Good luck finding it. <laughs> Actually, yeah. if you've got a stockpile of toilet paper, why don't you send us a picture of it and we'll, we'll compare piles. How much toilet paper do you have, Pearl? Uh, one pack. Of oh, 12, I think. One pack of 12, Dave? Yeah, about the same. We have a half a pack of the, the at the AMS Club. What is the, the building? Yeah, 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 yeah. AMS so, Club. AMS, AMS Club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is that? I think that's 24. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You buy them. We have half of that and then another one that I got the sense early on. This is before anybody was having a rush. Oh, so you're loaded. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that's yeah. a little bit for 36 rolls? I'm going to tell everybody a real quick story here. <laughs> All my stories are real quick. Uh-huh. But here here at Fort Hood Public Affairs, we have a a Christmas party, and we do the uh, white elephant gifts where mm-hmm. people, you know, you give something, oh, and then you can, you can switch it around. <laughs> and, you know, you try to get, you know, goofy, funny things, stuff like that. Well, I saw something. I saw where you could get like three months worth of toilet paper on these giant rolls. And I actually thought this was kind of useful. You know, I'm a, right. I thought to myself, I'm going to give something that people are going to actually want. This is <laughs> useful. So I brought it and my gosh, from the first person that got it, nobody <laughs> wanted to touch that stuff. I mean, it was probably, This was December this before December, the toilet yeah. paper the explosion. The least, least popular present of the whole thing. Wow. And I was a little downtrodden. In fact, afterwards, the person that had got had received the uh, toilet paper came to me and said, you know, you can have this back. Uh, I, don't, I don't want this. Um, and somebody else mm-hmm. traded them some little thing for it. Well, now just yesterday, uh-huh. people came in saying... Hey, where are those rolls of toilet paper? <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not using them. I could, I could use those at home. And I'm like, who's laughing now, huh? Uh-huh. Greatest white elephant Christmas present ever. Absolutely. <laughs> toilet paper. It's all perspective, folks. Mm-hmm. It's all perspective. And we got a lot of fun perspective in this podcast because other than just what we talked about now, we're not really going to mention coronavirus. Wow. We're going to give you guys a break. Think about that. And Life goes on? Yeah. <laughs> obla di obla da. Hashtag, it's going to be okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So, actually, I want to mention something really quick before we move on. We have a town hall happening this Thursday. Virtual town hall. Virtual. Virtual. It sounds so, so 90s. Virtual town hall. Um, <laughs> but I'm heavily involved in that so for this next segment i have stuff i have to go take care of Mm -hmm. so i'm going to go take care of that 
but uh, then we will all reconvene later and uh, I was going to say get it on, but that seems inappropriate. Yeah, that is. Kyra, you ready for this? Yes, I'm Just ready. you and me? <laughs> we got this. All right. So I'll leave you all in their capable hands. Well, 10 feet away from their capable hands or exactly. so. Exactly. Uh, well, I go take care of some stuff, and we will be right back after this. Lermit the Sock here for the Thrift Savings Spam. Is it meat? Who knows? Cut, 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 cut. What? Lermit, baby, look at this script. Mm-hmm. It clearly says Thrift Savings Plan. Oh, yeah. It's about saving money, not lunch meat. Not Let's lunch. try this again. God. Thanks, Steve. Flermit the Sock here for the Thrift Savings Plan. You got it, baby. Soldiers and DOD civilians, listen up! Are you socking away a little bit of money each month in your TSP? What? You're not! (laughs) They call me crazy. The Thrift Savings Plan is a great way to make sure that you've got the supplemental income you need when you get old and wrinkly. Plus, the government can match up the 5% of your contribution. That's a free money. Make it rain, Uncle Sam. Make it rain. So look out for your future and suck some money away in the Thrift Savings Plan account. Visit www.tsp.gov for more information. You can retire like an ex-prince moving to L.A. Or in my case, his wife. That's right. Fort Hood's Great Big Podcast. Everybody say up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, brain. Stop! Everybody say up, up, down, down. What do you know about women's history? What do you mean? It's Women's History Month. I mean, uh, I feel like some people don't understand how even today there's a lot that we still have to work on. Uh-huh. So I feel like this month is really good for allowing people to understand that. Yeah. And being in the army. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. My um my NTO, my my boss, mm-hmm. she actually is making a video right now for Women's History Month. We had to interview some people from different units and there are still females who are going through issues just because of their gender. Like people who are in units with entirely male people and they're the only female or they're singled out and things like that. Right. It's crazy to think that it's still going on today. Wow. Trailblazers though, right? You got women out there doing jobs now that they never did before, right? Yes. And we do have two trailblazers here with us. You're going to introduce them for me? Yes, I am. We have First Lieutenant Rainy Segura and First Lieutenant Rebecca Dre. Draculik um, from Draculik yeah. from 36th Engineer Brigade. And they are sappers. What is a sapper? There you go. Um, I would say a sapper is the essentially the cutting edge of the engineer field. So they have combat engineers, then you have construction engineers, and you have horizontal and vertical and route clearance. So the sappers are as close to, if not, pretty equivalent um, to being just that front line in the fight, getting people through all the combat. Okay. Cool. You have been a sapper, Lieutenant Segura, for how long? 
almost a year. Almost a year. Um, tell me a little bit about your experience going through the school and all that, since it's kind of like if you were infantry, it's like now you're a ranger, right? Basically, similar? Yes. Similar? Yeah, kind of infantry as rangers and engineers have sappers. Um, it's really, really difficult for an infantryman to go to sapper school and get their sapper tab. Right. Whereas we can go to ranger school anytime, basically. So we do have that crossover to get both those. But my experience at sapper school was awesome. I went with a big group of people from my basic officer leadership course. Mm -hmm. So there's about 15 of us that walked on about 10 of us got onto the course and then it was just hard charging from there. When you went through, how many women were in the class? So it's broken down into two phases. First phase is general studies. General studies. Uh, so in general studies, we had three females. And then when we went into patrolling, which was the second phase, we had two. And I was the only one who graduated. Wow. The other That's females crazy. got recycled. Wow. Yeah. And Lieutenant Draculik, you are the rookie in the room, right? <laughs> you just went through, didn't you? I did, yes. About two weeks ago, I just graduated in the most uh, recent class in February was the graduation date. So kind of walk me through your experience. Um, so I went with, we took four other people from our battalion that went through. Um, and I went in January 30th as a report date. So winter sapper, it was, it was very cold. <laughs> um, I still can't feel some of my fingers and my toes. Oh no. Um, but it was, it was an amazing experience and I'm really glad that I got to go with other people from my battalion and my unit. Um, so same thing as Lieutenant Segura. We reported and there were four females in our class. Uh, one didn't make it through general studies. Actually two of them didn't. Uh, one of them was injured. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we made it through all the way to patrolling. And I did graduate with two other females who were recycles from a previous course. So mm -hmm. um, there's, yeah, there's not a lot of females. Um, there's not a lot of graduates in general. The school is tough, right? Mm -hmm. It's it like, is. look to your left, look to your right. One of you is going to make it kind of thing. Yeah, we, um, with our general studies class that we actually went through, we wound up starting the course with, you know, you have brought like probably 60, 70 individuals that show up. 49 made it into the course. And out of the 49 that made it to our original general studies class. Only 14 of us graduated. Wow. So yeah, the, the it's rate's really, yeah, we had, when I went, it was after the best sapper competition. So it was basically two months of no sapper school. Mm -hmm. So we had, I guess the biggest class turnout of 120 people trying to get onto the course. And they only took 60 into general studies. And then we cut that down to 38 into patrolling. So Let they slim, the numbers slim down so fast because there's so many different things you get tested on. So you could fail for a physical event or you could fail for a test or you could get peered out right. or you could get injured. Wow. So wow. there's a lot of. Hey, let me ask the two of you and you can take turns uh, taking this one on. You're both relatively new. I mean, you lieutenants, relatively new to the Army. But when you joined the Army, I at that point, weren't all jobs open to women? Or did that happen after you joined? Because that's fairly recent. That was only a couple of years ago where they said, hey, all jobs are open. What drew you to combat engineer? Um, so we're not combat engineers specifically. We're engineer mm -hmm. officers. Right. And we got really lucky to get with, I'm in a sapper company. Mm -hmm. And then you were in. A Mac company. So mm -hmm. pretty, pretty similar job sets. So we're. 
I, I think I'm very fortunate to get in a sapper company because that's what I wanted to do right. in the first place. Why? I like being the best, most badass <laughs> unit <laughs> people. I like being surrounded by people who have the same goals educationally, physically, the same mental goals. We just got a new commander in October, and so he's pushing us super hard. And so it's nice that everyone's on the same page. Everyone's pushing everyone to be better and do better. Right. And I feel like we're always going. We're never really slowing down. And so that just constant go, 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 go is awesome. Plus, you get to blow up stuff, right? Yes. <laughs> that's absolutely. The, tell me about that. That sounds like fun. That. That's what I think pulls most people into the engineering world <laughs> is the blowing up. Really? It's not. It's not all it is. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of a lot of stuff around that, but that is the coolest for yeah. sure. I mean, army engineers build stuff, but mm -hmm. they also blow things up. They do. <laughs> I think that's also why I was drawn to the engineering core in general. Was just um, it's a very broad mm -hmm. um, regiment itself, and mm -hmm. you have a good blend of what I liked about it was when I wanted to go to the more like like Mac and Sapper. It's, it's dismounted, um, so you have the tactical aspect of it where you're going through dismounted missions. Um, and it's more physically challenging and fit. So you have like an amazing blend for soldiers where they're, they're physically fit and they're intelligent because it takes a certain level of intelligence to be able to, you know, trust someone to yes. blow something up and not blow you up with it. So like um, it's, a, it's a lot of checks but, and pre-checks and training and tie-ins and prepping yes. right. before you actually get to go boom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of sappers out there and even fewer are women. Do you guys feel like trailblazers? No. No? <laughs> no. I do not. I never thought of myself as a trailblazer. I try and be the best example I can right. for younger soldiers, but I have one female in my platoon, and she's a E4. She, has no, she doesn't want to go to Sapper She's a killer, but right. she doesn't <laughs> want to go to Sapper School. But it's just I want to show her that it is possible. Yeah. But that's not why I did mm -hmm. it. Oh, so enlisted and officers can both go? Mm -hmm. So you Absolutely. have to have... Uh, you have to be an E4 with a waiver or E5 or above. So it's it's supposed to be an NCO school mm -hmm. generally, but it tends to be more officer heavy during the courses. Really? Mm -hmm. So whenever you, uh, no wait, you graduated and you were the only female to graduate, right ma'am? Mm -hmm. Yes. And then whenever you graduated, you said that there were two other females? There were, yeah. So we had two other females, um, both officers as well. Oh. And they were from the previous course. They recycled, had to, they had to do re, uh, patrolling again but yeah we graduated with three of us total but, so trailblazer so i think <laughs> when you look at sappers in general i think every sapper is a trailblazer to an extent because you are upholding the standard mm -hmm. like um there's the engineer core and like they say like every engineer is a sapper and then there's a sapper qualified individuals so i think that we need to push more um soldiers you know, whether it's NCOs, females, males, I think everyone needs to get out there and get after it because right now, like the graduation rates, they aren't as high as they need to be because people aren't coming out to the course as much as they should be. Um, or they're coming out and they're not prepared or they're not truly ready for it. Um, so I think that every sapper to an extent is a trailblazer and every person who gets out there and wants to achieve the goal of being sapper qualified mm -hmm. is um, upholding themselves to a higher standard for the engineer regiment. Okay, you're both junior leaders in the United States Army. You're female. It's Women's History Month, so I'm going to ask the question. It's kind of a, it's a serious question. How's the Army doing with gender relations? You know, you know, where are women today in the Army versus, oh, my God, 
the Women's Army Corps, to take it back, 19th Amendment gets passed. Um, where are we, do you think, and how do we get better? I think we're progressing. I think we're progressing pretty well. But I think it depends heavily on who you're working with and who your leadership is because I've had – I've been really fortunate with my commanders. They've all – gender is just – it's not even a thing. Sure. But I've talked to a lot of other females in the more combat arms fields, and they've had some commanders who are just against them, and so they're kind of fighting that constant uphill battle. So that's Whether still happening. It's definitely still happening, absolutely. Yeah. But it depends, I think, on who you're working with, absolutely. Lieutenant Jodokulik? I think a lot of it, as uh, as Rainey said, a lot of it, you know, depends on who you're working with. I've also had extremely supportive uh, groups. You know, I, I love my commander, my first SAR, and my battalion commander. They all were, they're all very supportive of us. I think we're lucky. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with how you present yourself as well. If you get out there and, you know, you're upholding the standard and you have no issues with, like, physical fitness is where you see a lot of it. Um, you do see people that are um, – you know, they, they face issues with it, but you have to look at that individual and be like, okay, like, where is your personal responsibility ownership as well? Um, and I think sometimes people lack that and that's where they can run into issues. So I think as long as like, you know, uh, Rainy and myself, like we, we tend to, you know, make sure that we uphold ourselves to a physical fitness standard. And so we've never given anyone a reason to say anything negative about us. That's kind of like the mentality that you have to take about it is that you can't let yourself fall into, and this happens with, like, everybody. It doesn't matter, like, you know, your gender or, like, whatever your your point in your life is, is that you have to give, not give anybody a reason to look down on you, and you're never going to have a problem. For the most part, you'll have people that, you know, that you can't change, and, you know, luckily those people get phased out of the Army. At one point, they get, you know, people will stand up to them, and they, they get phased out. But I sure. think for a lot of it, you just, you have to maintain the standard and not let yourself fall down and, um, you know, just keep yourself... At a constant, I can't think of the word ready. right now. Yeah. Constantly ready. Yeah. And you can't give them room to, especially especially as a female, as soon as you start slacking. I think PT is just a very easy, quick example. If you can keep up with the guys, they're going to have no problem with you hanging. Sure. But if they're having to drag you along, they're already going to be biased and not want you there. Pearl, what do you think? Um, so the interview I was talking about, yeah. that we, we actually were interviewing soldiers from the 36th Engineer Brigade. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, a lot of the girls that we interviewed, at least, um, they were talking about how, like, they saw all of the um, negati- negative, like, discrimination they were experiencing and used that as motivation to be even more physically fit because they wanted yep. to be like, a she did this, not a he. Like, I can do it too. Um, so I don't think it's always physical fitness that's mm-hmm. the issue. Mm-hmm. I think it just, like you guys said, it just depends on the people, unfortunately. It definitely depends on the people and... I mean, I think the sapper tab is good for first impression, but if you can't back it up and back it up constantly with your knowledge and experience and fitness, right. then it's just a piece of, piece of cloth, really, yeah. that you're wearing. Right. Yeah. But it is more than that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no. It's so That's cool it. you guys were able to graduate. That's well, very cool. Who are your heroes? It's Women's History Month. Cool. We, do we have a, a someone you could pull out and say, you know what, that I, I emulate that person. Who, who are your heroes? Women I, now. Oh, women. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's actually that's actually a difficult question. Yeah. Um, because I would say like if it's, you know, if it's not women, then I would say like uh, my my old XO, my commander. Mm-hmm. Um, they were extremely supportive. I actually was fortunate enough that I went through Sapper School with my old XO, who's always extremely supportive of me. Right. Um, and my commander was as well. 
And I guess they're, in some ways, they're also my heroes because they never, like, they never looked at, you know, me different for being a female. And they were always extremely supportive and, like, pushed me. And they were like, yeah, you need to get out there and, you know, do things to um, help, you know, bring other, like, women up and stuff like that. So I always, like, appreciated that about them. Um, but not a female. I mean, not a not a male, sorry. Um, Going to go with the classic, like, my mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Hey>. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, my mom's always been extremely supportive of me, and I know I could call her at any time, and she's always been um, – uh, she's actually not too crazy about me being in the Army. She's not uh-huh. – <laughs> as I'm sure most most moms aren't. Right. Um, but, you know, she she loves me, and she supports me, and I know if I could ever call her with anything, she's always been there. So She tries. They try to understand yeah. the Army. Yeah. My what mom about- – I, I could not name – You going with mom, too? I mean, I have to. I could not name a female trailblazer. I think any female that does anything ever above and beyond extraordinary is awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely awesome. I see. But they don't top mom, do they? <laughs> no, mom's pretty good. <laughs> she tries She tries really hard, but it's just, and it's just seeing more women out there doing things. Mm-hmm. It's just super motivating. Mm-hmm. Well, thank, thank you both for stopping by, talking with us. Pearl, you want to take us out? Uh, sure. <laughs> um, we'll be back. Right after this. Bye. <laughs> Hey golfers, are you looking for a new course to play? The Courses of Clear Creek is a 27-hole course with challenging greens located in the scenic rolling hills of Fort Hood. With a 300-yard driving range, two putting greens, and a four-hole kids course, we're the premier golf course in Central Texas. Our pro shop is always stocked with the latest golfing equipment and name brand apparel, while our beautiful pavilion overlooking the course is a great place to enjoy a cold beverage. The Courses of Clear Creek, open to the public, offering annual, monthly, and summer membership packages. Give us a call today at 254-287-4130 or find us on the web at hood.armymwr.com. So it's tax season, everyone's favorite holiday. Hopefully everyone's present is a large sum of money. However, if you're bad at math like I am, the Fort Hood Tax Center has your back. With educated and friendly staff, they are sure to get you the most of your refund. The FHTC will be open from January 21st through April 16th, with business hours being 9.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Thursday and Friday, and 9.30 a.m. through 7 p.m. on Thursdays. For information on how the FHTC can help you, make a call to 254-288-7995. Make your appointment today. FHTC located on 52nd and Support, Building 13. Fort Hood's Great Big Podcast. Factual, fantastical, brilliant fun. Who writes this crap? Okay, and we're back. Now we're going to mix it up a little. Here's something no one saw coming. And I'm serious, no one saw this coming because... Some people showed up today, and I was sitting at my desk, and they're like, we're here to be on the podcast. And I was like, oh, really? So. So I joined in. Yes. Yes, we have introduced yourself, strange lady. This is Brandy Cruz with the news editor of the Sentinel. Yeah, she's with the Fort Hood Sentinel. Uh, Fort Hood's greatest and only newspaper. Yes. So 
This isn't your first time on the podcast, though, is it? No, no, it's not the first time. You were here for the year in review. Yes, the year in review, and mm-hmm. I think I did a little, uh, a little bit for you guys too. A bit? Oh yeah, you were in a spot. Yes, you were in a spot. Well, welcome back. Thank you. So, what's been going on with your life recently? Nothing. Really, that's <laughs> I'm great. Boring. You're really you've set me up for success here. I'll tell you that. I I got a shiny Pokemon. <laughs> You're into that Pokemon Go. Yes. She is, Brandy is into Pokemon Go like no one I've ever seen. Tell us how much you're into Pokemon Go. Um, well, actually, we my whole family's in it. So my kids at college, my kids who live in Alabama, and my whole family at home, uh, here in Texas. And we do it we do it every day, but on the weekends, that's when we really, really go at it. All right, so that for those of you that are not in the know, Pokemon Go is a smartphone game based off a Nintendo franchise called Pokemon, which was big in the 90s and has been getting bigger and bigger ever since. And you flick your screen and you catch these little monsters and then you trade them and battle them and all that. It's free to play, although uh, Nintendo says you're free to give them money to, yes, to yes. play it. We don't pay for that. <laughs> no, I, I have it on my phone. I would be considered a ultra casual player i play it when i'm bored with my wife at the supermarket or wherever we go um but you're you're like intense yeah i think it's a good and i think it's a good way to for family bonding because when my boys were little we really didn't do much as a family except go bowling or you know something like that but now my i think my daughter and my husband are Closer than, say, my husband and the boys were. It could also be because he's not deploying as much now. All right, so it really helps with family communication, but I bet you wish he would deploy more because <laughs> then he could get those, like, special country-specific Pokemon, huh? Yes, but we have friends overseas who will come back and will trade with us. They can trade them. It's crazy. The interesting thing is Pokemon Go, smartphone app, was developed by Nintendo as a way to try to get people off the couch and into the streets because what it does at the at the base level is it's a pedometer. It counts how many steps you take in a day, how far you've walked in a day, a week, etc., and then rewards you for that. The more you walk, the better you do in the game. So it's kind of it's a health thing disguised as a video game. Yes, actually on Tuesday I was out at the career fair all day and I opened up my game that, that afternoon when I was heading out of, out of the office, and it said I had walked 15.8 kilometers. And I was like, what? Wow. Yeah, and you're like, 15.8 kilometers? What's a kilometer? <laughs> I was like, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to convert that. I don't know how. <laughs> well, yeah, we shouldn't have to. We're Americans. They should give us it in miles or go home. Go back to Japan, yes. Nintendo. Miles. <laughs> know your audience. Well, it's interesting that we'd have a health app disguised... As a video game, because today, our secret super surprise guests are two nutritionists disguised as soldiers. Or are they soldiers disguised as nutritionists? You be the judge. We've got uh, Lieutenant John Allen. Hello. And uh, Lieutenant Brittany Trammell. Hello. Or is it Trammell? Trammell. Trammell, like the uh, baseball player, Allen. Yes, exactly. Detroit. Are you related? Um, No, we are not. All right. Well, this interview's over. Oh. <laughs> now, you're nutritionists. Now, what does the army need with nutritionists? What's that about? So, b- before we get too far, 
I don't want to correct you, but I certainly will. Well, yeah, please. <laughs> Is that we're, we're fact based? We're a fact based podcast. Well, perfect. So we are actually registered dietitians. Mm-hmm. Everybody in this room can call themselves a nutritionist. No credentialing really? needed. No, no, I don't think I can call myself a nutritionist. I'll be perfectly honest. No, <laughs> with you. But so, registered dietitian. Who are you registered with? Uh, the, the CDR, which is a Commission on Dietetic Registration. You have to take a test? That's correct. What What are the questions on the test? Oh, we are sworn to secrecy. Are you seriously? Yes. You sign something. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. What? That's yeah. crazy. Do you have like a card and stuff that you can show people to prove? That I, you've, I that do, you but I don't carry it with me at all times. Right. Yes, you're assigned a number, like a provider number. Are you supposed to carry it with you at all times? It's not like a driver's license. So oh, I don't okay. Think so. All right. You guys sound like secret agents. They mm-hmm. are. They're secret agent food, Yeah, food agents. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agents of deliciousness. So what do you do for the Army? I mean, that's not something you expect to find in the Army. You expect pew, 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 you know, blowing up people, not food people. I would definitely agree with you. I think it's a lot of, like a lot of other, you know, whether it's AOC or MOS in the Army, is that it's, it's hard to, to pinpoint what specifically a dietitian does. So and you don't even know what you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the thing is is that it depends on where you are located. Okay. And then also who else is there. So we really, you know, we're really jack of all trades and take care of a lot of different issues. We're not just, you know, holding only one area and not helping out a, a wide variety of soldiers. All right. So, yeah. Lieutenant, what are you doing now? So currently I'm the, the chief of patient services. So that's going to be in charge of the food that is going up to patients that are staying in the hospital. Okay. And uh, you, other lieutenant, lieutenant two? Yes. So my position title right now is just dietitian, but I'm over inpatient dietitian, all of our hospitalized patients, and I also do community nutrition. Um, We were just at an elementary school, Seagirt, teaching um, their kids nutrition as well as uh, different outreach opportunities on base, looking at the fast food restaurants, um, and doing outpatient. So Army Body Composition Program, mm-hmm. all the sal- soldiers that fail those uh, standards come see us for a couple classes. Um, we do one-on-ones with people who just walk in with a variety of health issues going on. Doctor-referred or self-referred, you can just come to our clinic as well. Oh, wow. So you guys, at the, at the end of the day, are all about health and being healthy. Yes. Whether it's for the food in the hospital, because, you know, you're laying in a bed in the hospital, so you got to eat healthy or... That's right. You know, or out and about around maintaining health or returning to health. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you mentioned the fast food stuff. Talk to me a little bit about fast food health. What does that involve? Yes. Yeah, so um, the Army is doing this project. It's called the Military Nutrition Environment Assessment Tool. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, essentially it's an Excel sheet and it grades fast food restaurants on um, their what health, what nutrition they provide um, to kind of show commanders how their base is doing at a, as a whole. So uh, we go around to the different fast food. I went to 21 different fast food restaurants across the Fort Hood base, uh, gathered all this data and looked at Um, kind of where the health um, percentage, how well we were doing fell. And obviously it's fast food, right? Yeah. Um, Not the healthiest. Some places completely like flat out failed the assessment tool, whereas other places they had more options, more varieties for soldiers to try to pick healthier foods. All right. So without naming names, because we can't 
yes. name and shame here. Mm-hmm. That will have to be creatively descriptive. If you were to not eat at a fast food restaurant here on Post, creatively describe where maybe you should you should avoid or not eat as frequently. Okay. Um, those places that have anything like deep fried foods um, that don't give you the option of having like a grilled in, in place of that deep fried option or healthier sides. Like they don't offer salads. Uh, their only sides are French fries or um, options like that. Probably better places to avoid. So you're not limiting yourself to your choices. Are you perhaps describing a place that maybe would be represented by a spinach-loving seafarer? Yes, that would probably be a good one to maybe reduce the amount of times you go. Maybe not every day, right? Every once in a while. Well, blow me down. (laughs) Now, what about places that you should eat? Because the reality of the situation is... Sometimes you're out, you don't have a lot of time, you mm-hmm. just got to grab something and go. What's a soldier to do? Um, yeah, at those times, I mean, targeting places where maybe you can build your own bowl or build your own whatever it is um, and choosing things like whole grains, adding in vegetables when possible. Um, these types of places that maybe offer a grilled protein source or a vegetarian protein source would be a better option. It's interesting that you mentioned vegetarian. So as health professionals, what's your take on, on vegetarianism being that veganism and and vegetarianism is a growing trend here, but soldiers can have a pretty high impact, active calorie involved lifestyle. So how, how does that play into it? Uh, so certainly you can have a healthful diet, and whether you're being vegan or vegetarian, you know, there are a lot of high-level athletes that may eat that type of diet. But again, if that's just the way that you choose to eat, you just have to do it in an educated way. Mm-hmm. I can say that I'm a vegan, and then I go ahead and eat a whole bunch of meat replacements or Oreos, for instance, because mm-hmm. those are vegan. Or what I can do is have you know, plant-based sources of protein, so things like beans, nuts, and seeds, or find other ways to make sure that I'm getting still a good variety of vitamins and minerals. Because anyone eating any type of diet, the recommendation typically is we want to make sure we're getting a lot of those plant-based foods anyway. Huh. That's something. So so I was wondering, were you able to check out the Culinary Outpost, Forehead's new food truck? I have not checked it out yet. Okay, because they have the build your own bowls, and you can, like, choose everything you want. It's pretty neat. Wow. Yeah, I'd be interested. Had you heard of that yet? I had heard that it was coming, but I haven't seen it in action yet. Yeah, I think they're still, they did a little test thing on it, and now they're taking it back and refining and doing some stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's not been around recently, but the anticipation is it'll be back sooner or later. Now, what if you're a soldier and you find yourself struggling with uh, nutrition. I think almost every soldier's been there where you find out that a PT test or ACFT now uh, is coming up and you really start sweating it going, oh, gee, uh, I've been letting myself get a little lax here. They can come to you and uh, get guidance. Is that correct? That is correct. Typically, when our soldiers come in, we start them off in classes because all of our classes offer that foundational just nutrition advice, what you need to know, um, pretty simple. 
And then beyond that, if they feel like, well, what about if I have a really specific need, I have very specific goals that I'm trying to reach, then they can schedule a one-on-one with us. But we teach uh, fit for performance, which is just general nutrition education beneficial to really everybody. We've even had civilians come in and sit in on those classes, uh, but they start there and then they can go from there if they're still interested in learning more. That's cool. Do you guys do stuff like body fat composition and and uh, metabolism magic and stuff like that? So, so we do have a bod pod in our clinic, but we currently don't operate it just because we're low on staffing. Okay. But here on Fort Hood, there is the great opportunity to to use the Army Wellness Center. So they, right. they do have a bod pod machine so they can test your body fat percentage. They can test basal, uh, basal metabolic rate, just kind of your metabolism. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a good resource and other people to, to utilize on post. Wow, that's fantastic. If people want to get in touch with you, how should they do it? How do, how do people get in touch? Um, the best way to do it would be to call our clinic if they're trying to set up a class to get mm-hmm. in touch with a dietitian. Um, that's going to probably be where they want to start. They can call central appointments as well, and they can kind of schedule them from there, um, which is just that 288-8888 number. Well, really that's, an easy, easy. that's an easy number to remember. Mm-hmm. 288-8888. Call 288-8888. That's 288-8888 for more information. Exactly. All right. Now, I have a, one last question. Uh, well, I'm sure Charlie has more, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, if somebody wants to get healthy, what, what, would you, what kind of tips would you give them? So here's the thing about nutrition mm-hmm. is that it's going to be super individual. So I could tell you both to do the exact same thing. And for one of you, it'll be the best choice that you ever made. And for the other, it'll be the worst. And so really, it's just spending that time to focus on what works individually for yourself. But I always think that it's best just to start with the basics. I think it's really easy to get caught up in things like fad diets or supplements. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, when it comes to health and nutrition, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So i got to find those ways that I can kind of slowly turn things around. And so that way, it's just going to be easier for me to be successful in that long run. Because just like we were saying, if I know height and weight is coming up, I don't want it to be an emergency situation. Yeah, I've been slowly headed the right direction for a while, or at least I know some small changes that I can make. Because, you know, we definitely get soldiers that, that do some really wacky stuff around that time of year. And that's not what we want to encourage. Because, you know, if they stay in the Army for a long time or if they ETS, we want them to have those helpful practices when they're finished. Well, and I think... You know, the media, the stuff you see in there, especially about Hollywood types, and they'll be like, this person lost all this weight in two months. Find out how they did it. And it's always the answer is they had $20 million, a personal chef, and all the time in the world, you know. Mm -hmm. So it can be tough if you got a day job. Absolutely. It really can. And what's interesting is there are so many magazines and websites, you know, people are the millennials. What's a magazine? He said, I'm, I'm going to have to Google that. Um, that offer advice, but like you said, that advice might not work for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, can soldiers come to you and find out something that might work for them? How do they? How do you know? Yes, definitely. So our classes, all of it is evidence-based. We look at what the top researchers are saying about the nutrition recommendations, what we've learned from them, and we just give them the facts. We're not there as a business trying to push pills at them or sell them anything. We're just there to help them. So no, as, as the soldiers already drank the Kool-Aid. They're in the <laughs> system. This, this is about keeping you in. Yes. 
there are some other good resources that are out there and available also. Okay. So for instance, there's one that's called the HPRC, which is a human performance resource center. Mm-hmm. And so they've got all sorts of different information about diet and exercise. And you can just go and just Google it up and pull it up. It's got recipes and you know blogs and other posts about nutrition. And I, I don't think it's widely known in terms of soldiers uh, having that as a resource. All right. Say the name again. So, Human Performance Resource Center, HPRC. HPRC. All right. So I'm going to take that and uh, put that on the podcast's Facebook page. And that's Fort Hood's Great Big Podcast on Facebook. If you don't like it, if you're not sharing it, shame on you. Shame on you. I'm looking into your soul right now. I see the shame. Like it and share it. So that'll be there. Uh, for folks, and I have a I have a question. So, what's the most common thing you think that people do that I don't want to say makes them unhealthy, but makes them unhealthy? So, what's a what's the most common faux pas that people could easily correct? If I had to guess for this one, and I would do. say <laughs> that it is probably sugar sweetened beverages. We're looking at soda, we're looking at juice, we're looking at smoothies, milkshakes. Um, me personally, I don't like to drink my calories. I like to make them count. So I'm going to go for things like instead of orange juice, where the serving size is four ounces, uh, really small, then I'd rather just eat the whole orange, get the fiber in there, keep me feeling fuller longer, um, help me slowly digest the carbohydrates. So I'm not more prone to like diabetes and all these other chronic diseases. Wow. So I know, uh, the American people as a whole, diabetes is a growing problem. How's that working out for the military? Is that creeping into us, or are we doing pretty good? I think it, it most certainly is creeping in, just like with with every other spot in the population. Just as BMI or weight has a tendency to go up, our risk for those type of diseases also goes up. There's also a genetic component. So mm-hmm. I may be a little bit overweight, but my risk for it may be significantly higher. Mm-hmm. And wow. so just like Lieutenant Trammell had said, trying to avoid some of those drinks and things like that as well, and keeping our weight better under control is the easiest way to, to avoid that coming our way. And keeping an active lifestyle, whether it's PT in the morning for soldiers or just going out for a brisk walk in the evening if you're a civilian or, you know, family member or whatever, stay active. Absolutely. Definitely. All right. Well, is there anything else you think people should know about nutrition and and diet and all that? There's one thing that I was teaching in class the other day that just was a good reminder, and it was... uh, it was, a, it was a pyramid, but it wasn't my pyramid. So it was a little bit more easier well, to understand. Feel free to take credit for it. Nobody's going to know. So the way that they had it built up is they, it was a pyramid where each layer was building up to the base was what was most important. And then at the top was just kind of whatever was left over. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking in terms of being able to manage our weight and our health, the thing that's going to make up that, that base of that pyramid is going to be calories. All right. Because if I'm eating too much, my weight's going to be going the wrong direction. And if I'm being really active and I'm eating too little, then I'm going to have the opposite problem. My weight is going down. So the next one we're looking up from there is going to be our macronutrients. So that's going to be our breakdown between our carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. Mm -hmm. So we're starting to get a little more detailed in terms of information where calories. Now I know kind of how my food over the course of the day is being broken down. Uh, That next one that we're, we're looking at, we're probably looking at things like micronutrients. So that's going to be like our vitamins and minerals, things like iron, vitamin D, things that are really important, whether it's if you're just a civilian, you're just hanging out and trying to be healthy. If you're a soldier, trying to perform at your best. And then at the very, we got two layers left to go. The next layer is going to be uh, nutrient timing. Mm -hmm. So that is, when am I eating during the day? Am I making sure that before and after exercise and maybe trying to get in some carbohydrates and protein 
just trying to be a little bit more conscious of how that fits into my schedule. That last one at the peak of the top, the least important in terms of my overall health and performance is going to be supplements. Hmm. But if we look at how a lot of soldiers plan their dietary strategy, you'll notice that supplements is significantly lower. So they think it's way more important. Where if I don't have all the other stuff way better under control, including adequate sleep and exercise, then I'm really just you know, throwing money straight out of my wallet towards something that's really not going to give me an actual benefit. Well, you look at the supplements and what they advertise at you, you know, stronger, faster, easier, you know. And the, when the fact of the matter is good health takes time and it takes effort. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a magic pill. You're not going to get a magic powder that you can drink. You're going to have to put the work into it. But at the end of the day, the work that you put into it pays dividends. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It does. Well, thank you so much for coming and surprising us with us today. Thanks I, for having us. Yeah, hey, thanks for accepting we loved, us. We loved having you here. Brittany, do you have anything else no, to throw out for It was for? nice meeting you guys. Nice to meet you also. Yeah, nice meeting you guys. That was great. So, Fort Hood's great big podcast will be back. And, oh, wait, I want to throw this out. Wait, wait, everybody stop. Sit down. 288-8888 if they want to get in touch with you guys. Is that right? That is correct. That is Central Appointments. All right, Central Appointments. How could you forget 288-8888? It's too easy. All right, we'll be right back after this. 288 Hey, it's Melissa here from Fort Hood Shelter and Adoptions. Now is a great time to stop by and see what furry friends they have waiting for their forever home. Or, down boy, you can follow their Facebook page called Fort Hood Shelter and Adoptions. The great thing about pets that come from Fort Hood Shelter and Adoptions is, all right now, be good. They're practically free. Well, sometimes they're free. They just need a good mommy or daddy. So stop by Fort Hood Shelter and Adoptions. Check the Facebook page of Fort Hood Shelter and Adoptions. Or even call Fort Hood Shelter and Adoptions at 254-287-4675 to make someone very, very happy. Fort Hood's Great Big Podcast. Saving you from coronavirus since February 20th, 2020. Coming on strong on a Monday. I feel so low. Won't be long till one day. When you know, coming on strong on a Tuesday. I can't see. And we're back. I still. I have to come up with a different way to say that. I can't say, and we're back every time because it's repetitive. I don't even know if people notice it. I probably shouldn't have said anything about it at all. The, uh, it's just uh, right now, it's just Brandy and me. I asked Dave and Pearl never made it back. You know, it's, uh, it's busy right now. Yes, very busy. It's very busy. Um, so I guess... That's it on our busy podcast. All right. Have a great weekend. Well, usually we talk a little bit more. We don't okay. just throw everybody out. <laughs> don't just throw everybody out. So do you have any big plans for this weekend? Uh, no, just alone time with my family. All right. Yes. I think that's what everybody's doing. I know. <laughs> about now. Well, well, I like 
to get out of the house to it's, it's I think it's uh good to clear your head with some fresh air. Mm-hmm. So we like to walk on this trail near our house and well, Texas is big too. Oh, you could is. socially distance yourself in Texas so easily and have so much space. It's uh it's blue bonnet season, isn't it? Yes, I'm excited. Uh I've already spotted like a couple of baby blue bonnets popping up. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see them all in bloom. And- yeah, my, my wife, it's one of those things where you're driving and then the your spouse, in this case, my wife, exclaims, ah! and so you're, you know, you have that reaction of, oh my gosh, we're getting, <laughs> blue bonnets. Like, don't do that while we're just driving. Wait, just wait three weeks and they'll be everywhere. Yeah, she's, <laughs> our plans are to go out to West Texas, if possible, uh, and see the, the wildflower explosion that they have there. Spring is such a pretty time of year. Well, I've heard that West Texas, their blue bonnets get about four feet high. They're really, like really? a different breed. Oh, my goodness. I think I heard Texas has either three or four different varieties of blue bonnets. Well, f- and for those of you not in Texas or not in the know, uh, blue bonnets are the state flower of Texas, and they are just everywhere in the spring. It is so absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and even though they're blue, they're kind of a, you know, they're called blue bonnets, but they're kind of a purplish. Mm-hmm. They're purpley blue. Yeah. Very, very beautiful. Yes, very beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a great time to be alive in the great state of Texas. Yes. It is. And I want to leave everybody with a little bit of uh, healing meditation. We've all been stressed. We have all been stressed. So, everybody listening, let me give you a second. Center yourself. Brandy, center yourself here. We're going to do some deep breathing techniques and some relaxation. Everybody, on the count of three, we're going to breathe in. One, two, three. Breathe in. And relax. Going to do that again. One, two, three. Breathe in. And relax. Everything is going to be Okay, and that is the truth of things. How do you feel, Brandy? You feel better? I feel great. That's great. We hope you all feel great too, and we look forward to talking to you next week on the podcast. See you later, Ford. All right, see you later, world. Driving down the road